Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 15 of Life with GDPR. This is the podcast series where, with Jonathan Armstrong from Quarterly Compliance in London, we explore life under GDPR, data protection, data privacy, both in the EU, the United Kingdom, and occasionally in the United States. Today, we take a look at the weaponization of regulatory enforcement by the Trump administration in the area of trade policy and view that through the lens of not only GDPR, but also data protection and data privacy going forward. I think you'll find it to be a fascinating exploration of what companies will be looking at going forward, certainly under this administration and the inevitable retaliation by our allies, former allies, and even some foes going forward. Life with GDPR is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of Life with GDPR. As always, joined by Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Quarterly Compliance in London. Jonathan, welcome. Thanks very much, Tom. Jonathan, um, I wanted to visit today about really uh, what I see as a trend uh, starting it, certainly in the United States, but as this trend moves across the Atlantic to both the EU and to the United Kingdom, I think it's going to have some significant impact, uh, not only for our clients, but probably for our practices going forward. And then that trend is the weaponization of uh, trade policies uh, against uh, any company, a- any country. So in the United States, for instance, we have weaponized trade policy against the EU, against the United Kingdom, uh, against uh, China, uh, against uh, a variety of other countries, Canada, Mexico, uh, some of our closest allies that this administration has decided to uh, go armed to the teeth uh, after in terms of trade. Uh, and it's now kind of percolating down all the way to the area of this podcast topic, which is data privacy and data protection. So with that uh, introduction, I was wondering if you might set the stage for us. Yeah, I I mean, I think there certainly is something of a trade war going on between the EU and the US over data. I don't think that's necessarily a new thing. Um, We had, for example, data breach statutes in, uh, sorry, data export statutes in France many years ago, partly because it was seen that the U.S. enforcement agencies were encroaching into the business of French corporations. And so we had um, we had this uh, unwillingness in France particularly to share uh, data that was going to be used in the U.S. to the harm of of French corporations. We then had, if you like, another skirmish in that war with uh, whistleblowing helplines after the passing of Saban Oxley, where the French authorities uh, took action against some U.S. corporations that allowed their whistleblower helplines to run in France. And we had an investigation by a commission set up uh, in part by the French uh, privacy uh, authority, CANIL, where from memory, uh, Judge Peyrat, one of the commissioners of CANIL, who, who was uh, part of that uh, investigation, called it uh, an economic war, a trade war between two opposed parties. So we've had a long history of 
uh, fighting, if you like, over data. That um, we also saw that in the uh, Dusseldorf increase, the uh, German data protection authorities' uh, limits of the use of safe harbor, and then we saw the challenge from uh, Max Schrems, the Austrian law student, against safe harbor, which who uh, made his complaint to the Irish authorities and ultimately led to the collapse of safe harbor. We've also seen it in Son of Safe Harbor, if you like, the Privacy Shield framework. Now, there are many people who think that the Privacy Shield framework is on shaky ground. I interviewed Max Schrems, who called it, from, from what I recall, a safe harbor with flowers on and said it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't survive a court challenge. We know that the court challenge is on its way. Uh, to Privacy Shield again from the Irish courts, referring it to the ECJ. But in the meantime, I think that some in Europe have become particularly concerned about comments that Wilbur Ross has made in the US about GDPR. And those comments were seen to be disrespectful of EU privacy laws. Um, as a result, We've had some in the European Parliament say that the Privacy Shield deal should be either um, ripped up or suspended. And the European Parliament's position seems to be that that suspension should uh, take place in September. You might recall that the Privacy Shield deal has to be renewed uh, on an annual basis. And uh, in June, the uh, one of the influential committees at the European Parliament said that, um, as I say, the Privacy Shield should be suspended on the 1st of September. The, some in the US administration have uh, been over to Europe to listen to these concerns. One of the issues is that uh, a Privacy Shield ombudsman should have been appointed by the Trump administration and is not yet in post. There is a, a stand-in ombudsman uh, who, bizarrely, her, her day job seems to be involved in anti-whaling initiatives um, but, very, um, very significant to U.S. foreign policy, I would note. Yeah, but um, but to her credit, she has been over to Brussels. She has met with people and re reassured them that whilst she's holding the reins temporarily, she's uh, you know she's willing to hold them. Um, the difficulty, I think, is that the Parliament aren't particularly fans of Privacy Shield. And the EDPB, the European Data Protection Board, which is this uh, body that represents European data protection regulators, aren't uh, especially keen on Privacy Shield either. Some of the German regulators are even less keen than the EDPB. And the main defender of Privacy Shield has been Vera Jourova, the commissioner who at least on her own narrative uh, was so instrumental to the forming of Privacy Shield, she says she even thought of the name herself rather than relying on officials. And, um, and, and where Privacy Shield might be in serious trouble is we understand that Vera Yarova wrote to Wilbur Ross on the 26th of July and said, uh, I think in terms, 
that his earlier comments were unhelpful, particularly when the U.S. administration was in default uh, in a number of commitments that it had made to put Privacy Shield uh, in place, and that as a result, the uh, European authorities would have to review their um, continued participation in Privacy Shield in the next three months unless uh, Wilbur Ross and the U.S. administration started to honour the commitments that they'd made uh, when Privacy Shield was born. So I think um, given the ongoing litigation, given the reaction from data protection regulators, given the action of the parliament, and given the fact that, if you like, the mother of Privacy Shield also isn't in love with the child anymore. I think that we perhaps are entering the end game for Privacy Shield. And that has huge ramifications for any business uh, uh, that, that deals across borders. Because even if that corporation isn't in Privacy Shield itself, you can bet your bottom dollar that many of its critical suppliers are and rely on Privacy Shield. You know, if they use a cloud provider for anything, almost certainly Privacy Shield's involved. If they have a global HR database, almost certainly Privacy Shield's involved. If they use one travel provider to book travel uh, for their European and US uh, entities, then almost certainly Privacy Shield's involved. If they have a helpline, then almost certainly Privacy Shield's involved somewhere in that. So I think this could, as I say, be the be the end game for Privacy Shield. And as a result, people will have to look at the alternatives to Privacy Shield uh, with renewed vigor, I think. Jonathan, um, I guess I had not fully appreciated the, uh, the lack of regulatory love for uh, current version of Privacy Shield. But if uh, really both sides uh, across the Atlantic uh, are not, uh, if outright hostile to it, certainly not enamored with it, how would the process look? to try to put uh, something else in place if Privacy Shield fails? I don't think that's an easy thing to do at all. Um, the, uh, the, the predecessor of EDPB gave a deadline to the European Commission for uh, what turned out to be Privacy Shield, so Safe Harbor 2 after Safe Harbor collapsed. The Commission met, uh, missed that deadline, and the... Uh, data protection regulators were not happy that the commission didn't um, didn't move quicker. So I think any goodwill that was there amongst regulators is eroded. And some of the German regulators particularly uh, say that they're not bound by anything that the uh, commission you know, might caution them to do or, or not do because they're independent regulators. They don't they don't report to the commission. They don't report to German uh, domestic authorities um, in, in the same way. You know, they, ha they have to be independent. And obviously, that independence is enshrined in national legislation as part of the scheme that brought in GDPR in, in most uh, EU countries. So, so regulators could decide, you know, even now that they're not going to recognize Privacy Shield because it's not adequate. 
it would likely then be the case that the, uh, you know, let's say the global HR provider who's, uh, who, who was challenged by a um, regulator could then try and take the matter to court to overturn the regulator's actions. But we've seen in cases like um, the Facebook uh, ECJ ruling that we We've, we've talked about briefly on an earlier podcast and the Jehovah's Witnesses case that uh, that often the court will side with with regulators. So um, so it, you know it could be imminent. It only takes one regulator to act. I think and, and Privacy Shield's in big trouble. Obviously, there's the um, litigation uh, route ongoing as well. I don't think we've got a date yet for the ECJ uh, hearing for the uh, for, for the the Facebook Privacy Shield case. Um, that might not be the final word on it because the ECJ might throw it back to the Irish courts to implement their ruling on the law. Um, uh, but equally, we could also see uh, Vera Yarova just withdraw from the scheme, either because she doesn't think that the U.S. has lived up to its promises or because she's feeling the political pressure uh, from the European Parliament with this uh, September deadline that they've set. So there are a number of challenges coming from all different quarters, really, and, and any of them could bring some uh if not death spiral, then the start of the end for, for Privacy Shield, even as early as August. Wow, that uh, that really could throw a major wrench in a lot of different things. So um, we will definitely uh, keep our eye on this one, Jonathan. As always, um, I've been visiting with Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Quarterly Compliance in London. Jonathan, uh, thanks very much. and I look forward to continuing the conversation. My pleasure, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Life with GDPR. If you have any questions, you can email Jonathan at jonathanarmstrong at quarterlycompliance.com. You can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you'll join us again for another episode of Life with GDPR. Life with GDPR is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.